Hello and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tenkar, your bartender in the OSR. And yes, it's another of our designers and makers ser- make series of, I don't know, informal uh, chats. I don't call them interviews because we don't have a script. Today, none other than Hack and Slash, Courtney Campbell, uh, one of the more productive uh, producers of material in old school gaming, certainly high quality. And uh, yes, Courtney, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I, I call it as I see it. But uh, <clears throat> Courtney, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I was a little, it was a little panicking. I'd like to take credit for being productive, but really, I think it was luck a little bit. I, I cut myself a little. I didn't, I just finished a Kickstarter and I didn't give myself much of a window. So I'm glad everybody turned everything in on time. Well, yeah, and, and I'm and I'm sure you're like, I don't want to be on 10 cars bad list right before Christmas. I mean, I did not want to turn into uh, an industry pillar known as a Kickstarter failure. And there, I have some people that are wearing that metal, uh, carrying that albatross around oh. in their neck, walking around. Yeah, and we've discussed that in the uh, chats on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays now on the uh, on this Discord server. But <clears throat> like you said, Courtney, you just finished the Kickstarter, and... Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, um, I I have a series of procedures I've been using uh, to handle, you know, um, the facet of the game that revolves around Gygax's a meaningful campaign cannot be kept unless you have like time records. And and I've developed a series of procedures over the years, and I wanted to. Well, I really wanted to convince other people to give me money so that I could print a copy for my own table. And uh, so I decided to run the Kickstarter, and it covers downtime activities and, you know, clearing hexes. And I really wanted something that was going to be seamlessly compatible with the games I run. So I won't run for basic D&D, and I won't wrote one for 5e D&D, because that's one of the most frustrating things. When you get a supplement, and it differs somewhat from the rule set you're using, so... They're they're very much compatible with the the additions that they that they match and and uh, they contain a bunch of activities that really motivate your players at the table. Well, <clears throat> I've got the PDF open in front of me, and there is a shitload of sections to this. I mean, you you, you hit almost what two hundred and fifty pages. Yeah, it was not <laughs> the first draft was not two hundred and fifty pages. I I had uh, as stretch goals. I had a lot of talented industry professionals from Bodie, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Tam, uh, Alex McCree to write extensive like um, tables for the the book to expand on the various areas and sections and. Oh my goodness, their stuff is so good. And it ended up ballooning the book by about a hundred pages for sure. Yeah, easily. Well, I I I gotta say, uh, I I I've I've skimmed through it. I haven't well, I, I'm not, I'm no longer able to read an RPG book from cover to cover. I think I lost that ability like twenty years ago. Well, you know, it's not it's not a narrative book, man. It's, it's no, it a book isn't. full of tools, right? And I don't expect I expect what people will do is to look at the sections, but I don't think they're going to read all two hundred entries of Chris's nobles and peasants tables. That's that's for use during play or like adventure generation, right? But the the ideas and systems, like I haven't, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from it. People are like, "This is going in my next campaign. This is useful." So I'm pretty proud of the final product for sure. Well, you, you should be because 
what I have read of it and the tables are, are in, it's inspirational. And I, I like inspirational stuff. Um, I, I enjoy, like, like we brought it up last night, uh, Tome Adventure Design by Matt Finch. because Yeah, another great classic. It's one of the books sitting right by my table all the time. Because you can just, oh, and you can either roll randomly on it or you can just pick from it. And, and the, it, it, it allows you to get that, that, that kernel, that, that seed that your mind then can pick up on and say, all right, well, this opens up this, this opens up that. And I, I, you run with it. And there's a lot of that to what you did here because it adds stuff. I mean, I, 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 I got introduced to gaming with AD and D one E and I, remember reading in the DMG, which I still think is a great book, even though it's horribly organized and seems to have like random sections just thrown together sometimes. But when Gary is talking, like you said, about downtime, what happens in between sessions, in between uh, adventures, he touches on it, but it leaves so much that isn't even in the book that you, when I was younger, I was like, there's so much missing. Yeah, a large portion of what's in yeah, a large portion of what's in here is based off like uh, the original um, BX and AD and D first edition Dungeon Master's Guide, the procedures that were actually used and how he expanded. Like I I tried to keep it as directly compatible as possible. The other thing you were talking about is like there's no filler in this. If I tried to make sure that every word was either a new idea or something that was necessary, um, so it's it's dense in the fact that the, everything is there's a lot of usability, a lot of ideas per page is what I tried to maximize. Well, I, I just opened it up to a hundred obnoxious peasants, and my god, I, I could abuse my players with this. So yeah, you know, and like the instructions for that stuff, the guys, I told them, you know, make sure it's, it's directly applicable in play. There's not a lot of, you know, like I, I've used so many supplements over the years and you'll roll something and you're like, well, that's never going to come up. And so like the design right. aesthetic is like, what's directly useful, you know, no extra verbiage be, you know, like as creative as possible and give people the, the tools, the seeds, like you were talking about so that their own game can like blossom out from whatever the, the inspiration they got from the book was. Well, this this is definitely a chart that is made for use at the table, not not in, in game prep, but that's that's that. Holy shit, man! It, it, two or three sentences, you get so much of what to play with. Elisa Pluck, an orphan with her scruffy cat, asks for adventures while adopt her and follows them. The cat is a brownie that protects her. Fucky, the brownie. That, that's awesome. <laughs> Ph, by the way, folks. Yeah. Ronnie rewards kindness with shiny coins and good luck. Other times he fires a few shots at a foe while invisible. There is so much potential in something as simple as that. Yeah, that's just one entry. You know, I, I, I've spent a lot of time looking at, like, I put this together over years. I shared during chat last night, like, my Obsidian portal page from a campaign in 2016 that has, you know, basically the 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 series of rules in this book that I've been using for a long time. And, and um, they just, I really... Uh, wanted to make sure I, I looked at a bunch of different works like cities by Midkemia and a lot of classics. And there's just a lot of extra verbiage there. Like you're going to end up designing your own city encounter table, your own city random encounter table. So why not take 
the essence and the information that's there and provide a lot of creativity and let you put together your own unique city setting instead of you don't need 72 pages to do that like before the random encounter tables there's a page there of the types of things that would happen inside a city for city random encounter tables and i did that for me it's just a condensed like uh, resource that that gives you a, a, an entire like literally 170 ideas for things that can happen in a city in a single page like i, I didn't I, I tried to minimize get it as dense as possible is really what i tried to do as much content in there as i could fit i, I think that's pretty much a secret i mean cities can be very intimidating to run because it's pretty much uh, a sandbox of locations that are just cramped on top of each other and lots of lots of people when you think of an outdoor sandbox it's open space whereas a city is cramped and either you have too much information to run the city which i think a lot of box sets i, yeah. I think cars was great you know and uh, uh thieves world they were they were great make a deal with nicodema press but there was almost too much to absorb to run it and yet others are, when a city gets a, I don't know, a paragraph mentioned in an adventure, it's too little to run it. But yeah, you, you need those little that little those little hooks, those little highlights that your players can latch onto. And I think you did a very good job at Well, there was at, there was at, a long period in the in the late eighties where city supplements were basically listings of what type of building everything is. And I've never yep. found that useful. So this is this is really a design for like how you approach, there's a bunch of different stuff in there. How you approach moving through cities, different size cities, how characters gain familiarity with it, how they how they exert their influence within these spaces, you know, and and uh, what they can do inside and outside of a city during time where they're not actively adventuring and how you manage that in a campaign sense. You know, there's calendars in there. Like, uh, there's a Merwish calendar, which is a calendar that my dad was using in his campaigns back in 1978. I don't even know the original developer of that. And there's calendars I've developed in there, you know, and you can use the Gregorian calendar, a lot of different options for keeping track of time. And, you know, uh, certain campaign settings have their own calendars that I couldn't include due to copyright, but you're welcome to. Right you know, use those two, but it's really the whole process of how you manage play that is an active adventuring time. And, and I think there's a lot of people seem to find a lot of useful stuff. in that. Well, you know, and that's just it. If, if you're running a campaign that is about progression, not talking about running a campaign with a bunch of single disconnected adventures, almost like running it like a, a, a TV series where it, you know, your one adventure ends and then weeks later, your next adventure begins and there's no real connection. But if you have everything that's connected, that feeling of time passing is important. Yeah, it you know, really led, lends a lot of weight and meaning to the campaign. It also creates a lot of, like, it gives characters, it gives players an opportunity to, like, control more than one character. Because you can have one guy go off and do something for six months while you role play somebody else. And it really adds a sense of, that the game is less about everything relates to the immediate characters. And it's more about a world that you inhabit. And that's really the goal. Oh, that's good. That's good. man. I, like I said, I, I, I was, I backed the moment you brought this up. I, I backed it. Uh, I was one of your early backers because 
uh, something like this is very useful. And at the same time, I think for many people, even to put together a, a tenth of what you have here for their own personal use is intimidating because most of us don't don't have your your, your vision when it comes to putting together good tables. Well, I think I think some of it too is that all this information is scattered through 20 years of history and 18 different books. Like like Gygax would expand on some of his stuff on dragon's foot threads. Right. So I, or in a dragon magazine article or something. Right. And so I'm able to like have not only the text in the DMG, but kind of the discussion he had around it. And I wanted to integrate that, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the things is that uh, I wanted to provide like a, a useful tool. So people aren't like, what do I do with these two paragraphs in the DMG when really there's, and, and it's not just the classic DMG, like the 5e DMG is the same way. Like it gives you just, just like uh, a little thing and then lets you do your own thing. And sometimes you need more structure and people have, you know, right. they've talked about it before and I wanted to do that. Uh, I wanted to provide, you know, a tool that, that would really allow somebody who's new to the game or somebody who's been playing a long time to see that they're, you can really create a cohesive individual. Like you can focus it on whatever types of things you want, but a really cohesive approach to like, what does characters spend their money on? I see that question come up all the time. Well, this, this, this is what they spend their money on. You know, like it's not, it's not very clear what the, the meaning of that is. But then when you see it all put together and you're like, oh, they can affect the world in these ways, gather followers, build mills and inns to attract people or construct buildings or flying ships or whatever. It's all in there. And I like the fact that you created, you included uh, rules for creating magic items, scrolls, potions. Which those are be- those are completely compatible with their systems too. Like those rules are the exact same rules in Basic Expert and or Old School Essentials, which is essentially Basic Expert. And for Five E, they're the exact same rules in the Five E book. Like I, I wanted to make sure that it was completely seamlessly compatible. So th- they're in there because that's part of a downtime activity, but they are not. They're not my own creation. They're just uh, collated from the rule systems that they're a part of. And then expanded on. Like, there's a lot of expansions of stuff. Which is great, because usually, like, the rules in AD&D, first edition for it, were very, very brief. They were more almost like an outline. And you always wanted, my players always wanted to know more. And it's just like, uh, you got what you got. I was, I was a teenager. I wasn't able to flesh that right, stuff out. right. <laughs> you know, and a lot of the clones drop this. They don't mention it. They don't. Well, no, they focus on adventure, right? Like right. they focus on the the main focus of play. And I think that I run a lot of long campaigns. And adventure paths and adventures are fine, but like, well, I I mean, the average length of my campaign is about eighteen months, and I've had some of them run for three or four years. And I'm playing in one. I'm playing in Michael's campaign, Eternia, and it's been going for a decade. And wow. and it's these sort of external systems that help drive that kind of play. And I want to share that with people. I think you did a great job with this, man. Yeah, I also want to note uh, Carl um, Skullfungus on Twitter. He did the cover, and people the cover is amazing. People it's love it. Chat, people dude. love it. If I had any advice to an aspiring RPG creator, I'd tell them not to put dudes on their covers. <laughs> like just people standing around, like do something interesting. I I feel like it really stands out because nobody's doing covers like this. But it, I just his he's amazing. He's an amazing artist. 
Well, that's it's a work of art, and when this uh, episode goes up, that will be the the thumbnail. So at least people will get a chance to. Uh, that's good. That's good. See it, it, it was on time. Uh, I've ordered the proofs. They're in the mail, and I don't. I said December, so I don't know with Christmas if they're going to be printed and arrive before the end of the month. But as soon as they do, they'll go live. I I did get lucky. I didn't cut myself any sort of leeway, um, and everybody turned everything in on time and did all their work on time. And so I can say that everybody involved in this project was exceptionally professional and and. Uh, I love having worked with all of them. And and the great thing about it is each person that was involved with the project got to kind of choose their own focus. So it's all to their strengths, right? Oh, that's like, nice. Yeah. Mike Evans created all these weird surrealistic stores and funeral rites and interesting stuff that, that you know, is like his sort of uh, barbarians of a ruined earth aesthetic. And, you know, Alex did the vehicle rules and his, he took, he took what was a bare mechanical system and 5e and basic expert and turned it into this like extensive, here's, you know, uh, what is actually going on when you create your flying airship. There's a bunch of different stuff about how to create vehicles and, and grow things in vats and design them. It's not complicated, you know, um, it's just a method for the DM to adjudicate what the players want to do without losing your mind over it. Like it's directly designed to be used in play and be compatible with the pre-existing rules. Cause there's vehicle rules in basic, you know, you can buy a ship and everything. It's those right. same rules just expanded for like what kind of engine you can put in it and whether it can fly or travel through the swamp or go through the sand, you know, and, and it lets the DM do something without getting caught off guard by a player who's like, Oh, I'll just break the system by doing this. You know, it's pretty resilient. Well, no, no player ever tries to break the system. Come on, Courtney. That's just, that's, that's fake news. That's those rules. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what tables you're playing at, but they don't have me. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I, listen, I'm the one that breaks the rules. Usually it's like, Hey, we got a problem with this one. Cause look what I figured out. We can do It's like, Oh shit. I'm like, ah. So yeah, that, I, I, that's part of the fun though. But like, it's nice to have like a, your feet on solid ground when you're dealing with things outside of the immediate adventure, you know. And that's kind of the tool I wanted to give somebody, so the, the game masters out there, an approach to downtime activity that they can feel solid about. Oh no, that it, it leads to not just downtime activity, but it leads to uh, story hooks and and stuff that aren't necessarily all about. Uh, Hack and slash, dare I say it like that, but... Yeah, um, no, they, they like, the, the whole system, I mean, the reason I use it is because it drives play. It essentially means I don't have to tell the players what they're doing. I can let them do whatever they want, and pretty soon they're going to come up against a wall because they have to pay to live, and, and they're in an environment, and, like, the best answer for what they do is to go on an adventure. But the tools allow them to approach problems um, multi-dimensionally like they cannot just clear out the dungeon or fight the baron's guards but they can also use influence and tools in town to to manipulate the situation they can also like you know you can enact your favorite a-team moment where the the group's like well then we're going to solve this by building by, by adjusting our truck and blow <laughs> through there you know or mounting a new weapon or something like it, it gives players new tools and the motivation uh, to put the onus on them to adventure rather than on you to provide an adventure. Well, that's nice. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, again, I'm, as, as we're talking, I'm also flipping through. I'm like, oh, sidekicks. 
I like the idea of sidekicks with their with the split of the XP. Uh, oh, oh, basically now, if your if your main character dies, you always have somebody to step up, which is always fun. Yeah, it obviously involves. There's a lot of rules for hiring people and managing things, and they're all very game focused. Like, like everything is purposeful in there. Like you can create other things, nothing stopping you. But like these are the core mechanical expectations. Like, who do you get to run a mine? Right? Like, how much gold does a mine produce? How many miners do you need? Who's refining these gems? What can you do with uncut gems? Like the. They, they're all adapted from the gameplay systems of D and D, and you know that's the the answers are there. They were just spread out through thirty seven different books, and now they're all put together in this one that you can get sure. yourself in PDF for less than twenty dollars. The uh, list of mercenaries and their cost and gold pieces per month that is that is a list that drills down. Well, not only that, but Arnold K., who wrote some of the most creative tables in the book, he lists unique mercenaries, and they are terrific. There's like a little halfling that's a cook, and he's like, uh, that's his class, I guess. He wears his pots and pans and attacks. It's very entertaining. The, 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 the mercenary stuff, Arnold's just super creative. You know, he's... The, I think one of our brightest jewels in in gaming is the stuff he produces on his blog, uh, Goblin Punch, and and I'm so glad he took the opportunity to work with me on this. Wow. Well, now, now I have to, and not that we're done talking about this, but of course I have to ask you this question, Courtney. What is your next project after this one? Well, I, I'm I, I am glad I'm glad you asked that. Uh, you know, this is this is about the the design of the game outside the actual play of the game, and I think um, I think in February I'm going to run another Kickstarter for the 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 idea behind designing um, and communicating with people about how to design the actual game part of the game, the adventuring and the encounters. I wrote a book, uh, a book it's, it's 14 pages or whatever. It's black and white. It's got no art called, uh, on, uh, tricks, traps and empty rooms. Okay. And, um, it's super popular. It's been downloaded over like 500,000 times. Like, in really? the, since I, well, I mean, I wrote it in, you know, 2008 or whatever, like it's okay. been around for 11 years, but, um, and it's always been free. And I, I don't think 14 pages is right. I think I really want to take the work I've done on my blog about trap agency and how to design encounters and get Carl to do, you know, a themed cover instead of on downtime, you know, on tricks, traps and empty rooms and, and really put together a work about, but that'll be coming in a couple months. We're going to be putting that together and I'll be sure and get the word out when that happens. But uh, you know, kind of a counterpart to this above and below, right outside and inside. We'll do the two parts. Well, that's actually very cool. Hmm. Too much. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have money available by then. No, oh, that's I, good. I, I, I wanted to give I, everybody I, a chance to recover from Christmas. It's it's an expensive time of oh, year for God, sure. Yeah, and that's the whole. You know, you launch a Kickstarter in December, and it can be rough unless people are using your Kickstarter to buy gifts. In which case, it'll never get there before Christmas anyway. So that's that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I wanted to I wanted to complete it on time. I mean. It, it, I took it as a responsibility. I saw somebody else who did a Kickstarter and they pointed out, you know, a lot of people might, you know, 
why Throg kill Mammoth if Throg already have Mammoth, you know? And to me, it's it's right. not about that. Like, I'm getting up and working every day. I was doing this when I had a job. I just, this is what I do in my, my time, with my time. And I'm so extraordinarily thankful that I'm able to devote all of my time to it. And it provides, you know, home for my daughter and, and um, you know, an environment that I can survive. I'm not looking to get rich. Nobody gets rich in the... You know, nobody's no. rolling around in money, but just the opportunity to produce this stuff and that there's an interest in it is it's, I mean, it's more actualized in my life than I feel that I've ever been. So I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. So I love all the support. I love all the kind words. I, I can't believe, I cannot believe 1100 people back then. <laughs> like it blew my mind. Like there were, there were, there were fundamental changes in my personality that happened after that, just to know that there's that much support out there for me. It was really meaningful in a, in a, in a real way. And I can understand that because it is pretty huge when you realize that people believe in you and have faith in you and are, are that kind of support is it moves you and it and it inspires you. Now, <clears throat> I, I've I've followed your stuff for years, Courtney, and I I I, I got to say you have been consistently good, if not great. But this downtime and demences. Is, is right now your high watermark, and, and that's, saying, that's, that's saying a lot. Because the, the, the early stuff is kind of shaky. I go back and look at my own stuff and think it's terrible too. But in the in the you know fifteen years or so I've been writing, I've noticed that I have I feel better, more confident about my ability. I think one of the biggest things that helped me, I do have to shout out Sandor. He's my editor. He edited this project. Like I I definitely sound like uh, a monkey having a seizure without him coming by and editing. <laughs> my stuff so i i i really appreciate his work he's prompt he's affordable and he made the book um why you open it up i'm sure there's errors or whatever in it but he's the reason that it looks as professional and nice as it does so i thank him very much well it, it's it's it takes a village right like i didn't do this yeah. by myself like a hundred pages of it are lists from these other artists and you know uh the the support from the community and the feedback i've gotten from the years on my blog all that stuff it's just it, it, i'm so thankful really to be in this position well it 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 that does show i mean and like you said you've been doing this for 15 some odd years Yes, you will go back and look at some of your older stuff, and you might cringe. But guess what? I, I go back and look at your older stuff, and I, and I, and I, may, maybe the, the the wording, or you know, you you hadn't gotten your style down yet, but you can. I was more aggressive too. Like yeah. I would, you're wrong for this, and I don't feel that way anymore. I just people are different, right? And I'm into some things, and other people are in other things. I'm a lot more, I guess, calm, mature. It's something you know. Like I was like, ah, oh, it's not it worth getting worked happens. up about. Yeah, you know what? Even if you look at some of my earlier blog posts, I was a—I mean, I'm still called an asshole, but I was much more of an asshole earlier on. You know, just just in general, because it, yeah, it was right. I, I'm right, you're wrong. If you don't believe what I believe, no, dude, everybody. I—I'm I, a big proponent now of the the, you know, there is no such thing as bad wrong fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, like that's part of why I decided to do this is that there's a lot of people who are looking not to go on an adventure, but to encounter a situation that they can approach on their own terms. 
And that's really what the on downtime and domain is about, is about how you can use your resources and tools to affect things beyond just following the adventure. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who are really into that. And I think it'll be good for their campaigns. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Well, Courtney, it's always fun to talk with you. And that's why I, I if those that are listening in, if you want more Courtney, drop in uh at least for the month of December on Thursday nights at nine o'clock in the uh, Taverns Discord server, Courtney is usually one of our guests. You can, yeah, yeah, I'm there. I also have a blog. Uh, I have the table of contents and and some more information about what's inside up there right now. So if you're curious, and there's a pretty big preview on the Drive Through RPG page. Anybody who's you know uh, interested, I encourage them to check it out. It's only on sale until just after the first of the year. Right now, you're buying it for just a few pennies more than what the Kickstarter backers paid, right? Like, and that's especially true of the print versions that are coming out. I think actually the the Kickstarter backers with the sale price, they they're only saving like seventy five cents or something. And that's only because the book got so big. I was right. planning, I wasn't planning on being two hundred and fifty pages, but um, the, it's going to come off sale soon. Like I'm thinking about January seventh. I want to give it about two weeks on sale for people to get it but then it's going to go up to its regular price and and i tend to leave those things alone for a long period of time uh so if you're interested pick it up now before people are talking about it and you don't have your copy well i can recommend it and i will certainly be doing a review of it on the uh blog side well please and be honest like i'm not perfect if there's things i want to learn and do better so if there's something wrong you guys let me know i think people are shy about it but i'll, I'll take negative comments as well as positive ones i want it to be the best thing it can be i'll take that to heart yeah, yeah listen you, you know me I, I don't hold back many punches usually when it comes to stuff like that so yeah i don't I, want you to all right well if there is something uh uh worthy enough to uh you know kick you in the knees on i'll let you know but uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't I don't expect to find anything of that. Uh, I'm just thankful I got it out on time. And, and I that was luck. Like I, at some point I scheduled, well, I'll just get all the work from people and then get it to my editor after the weekend. And then I was like, oh, I've got 72 hours to integrate all this writing. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, that was bad. I'm definitely going to schedule the next one. I'm going to give myself some more flex time. Um, I don't think the quality suffered at all. I think everybody was on point. Everything got turned in on time and I'm working with great people. I can't recommend anybody working with the book more highly. They're so wonderful. Every single one of them. Um, but next time I'll definitely give myself some more leeway in case something, and then I can deliver early and people will be happy. Right. Right. And that's the, and that's the whole thing. Part of its expectations too. I mean, my expectation is, uh, the Kickstarter is if it comes within three months of its, uh, proposed uh, release date i consider that to me pretty much i feel that i've time. had multiple people being like when do you plan on being done with this book and i'm like oh well, it's out you know and they were like really nobody expects it yeah. to finish on time i've been like it's happened at least three separate times so it's definitely a thing right people expect them to be late yeah and I, and, and you like i said me i'm, I'm a huge kickstarter critiquer or whatever you call it uh but I I, you know, I figured three months because I, I know people who reach out to me. This Kickstarter is late. I'm like, dude, it's only two months late. It's not really late in the terms of being late. <laughs> this yeah. Well, you I, know. So go ahead, Court. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that's that's exactly it. It's that the expectations because of the way people have. And I don't want to be that guy. That's not me. I'm no, a, I, I'm, a, 
I'm the a 15 minute early guy. That's that's me. I like to show up and be prepared and be done and do what I say I'm going to do. And that's not a knock on anybody. It's just like this wasn't a thing I had to convince myself to do. Right. I really the reason it took me so long to do a Kickstarter is I didn't want to take the money and then have to do the work. So one of the things I did for this Kickstarter was I did the work. Like my part was completely written when I ran the Kickstarter. Um, and uh, I, I totally get that because if, if you, if you've ran the Kickstarter and taken the money and you haven't done the stuff, you know, but I'm here working every day anyway, it's just what I do. So. Right. That, that's a psychological thing you're talking about there too, because once you, when you're paid up front, the motivation to complete isn't necessarily there for a lot of people. Not, Everybody certainly, but some people lose their motivation because oh, it's for sure a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like they've done all kinds of studies. Like you tell somebody if you can fall asleep before eleven, every minute you fall asleep before eleven p.m., you'll get a hundred dollars. Nobody falls asleep before eleven. Like the human <laughs> mind is just like that. That's how that works. You get you get excited about stuff, or you're like, I've already got it. I don't want to do it. I think I'm just lucky that I've structured my life in such a way that this is just what I do with my time. And so, you know, it's not a knock on anybody. And it took it took a decade and a half to get here, you know. So, oh yeah, and, and that's something else that you know anybody listening to this should understand too. So, success isn't handed to you; it's earned. And yeah, you work my- you work ten years really hard, and then you have overnight success. You know, it's just right. It's a buildup of everything you've done. It's like yeah, well, it's like well, it's not like well, where did you come from? Well. Courtney's been spending the last decade and a half getting to where he's at. Uh, really? You know, but it, it's true. It, that's how it. That is how it is. Once you once you become noticed, it's like it's like you came from nowhere. It's like no, you didn't. Yeah, it's that old adage about how you get ahead in life. You just show up. <laughs> well. Yeah, eventually yeah. everybody else, you know, you're going to get promoted just for the fact that you're still there. I mean, you know, right. people get used to it, and they're like, oh, well, let's move him up. Uh, you're the one person that didn't take a step back when they looked for a volunteer. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't want to get too military with it, but for sure. Well, no, I got you. But The promotions, yeah, my, that's how that works. My, my advice to you is give yourself a two to three month padding that you don't think you'll need. That takes into account life events that people don't expect. Yeah, um, I, I, that's exactly one. I remember the next Kickstarter in February, and I'm going to set like a November date, right? Like, so give myself plenty of time. The whole thing will be done, just like this one. You know, I think a lot of people backed it because it was done. Like, my part was written, and they could download it immediately and give right. me feedback on it. And the same thing's going to be true for the next one. All my stuff will be done. Uh, I'm hoping to get. I, I'm hoping for like. Uh, a more successful Kickstarter because I'd like to get some good artists. You know, if we're talking about underground environments, I'd like to get Steve Crompton in there, maybe Russ Nicholson, get some good classic, uh, James Shields, get some good classic um, D&D style art, like the old books, you know, yep. and and uh, really do that. But, you know, that depends on stretch goals and how it goes. But I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you you know me. The moment that you uh, launch, I'll be the one waving. Well, your thanks, flag. man. I mean that you know you're you're saying it offhandedly, but that's a big deal. I had somebody I had somebody come ask me why you know um, you were talking about my Kickstarter, and I was like, well, I don't know, because I'm part of the community. You know, like I'm here, I'm hanging out or whatever. But like, not everybody. Right. You know, it, it's meaningful. I appreciate it, man. Well, I mean, I like to support the community, and and a lot of times the best way I can support the community is to mention what's going on in the community right if you don't right. if people don't know about it then they can't 
support it themselves. So. Yeah, though that's that's a big problem. I mean, I even within my own circle of friends, people have you know been coming up to me and they're like, "Oh, I've got this going on. I've got this going." There's just so much. Like it's hard. So be assertive. Yeah, you know, I've been very assertive. Like people are like, "Well, why are you getting these?" Because like I corner people. I was like, "Take our put me on the air again." I did the same thing with Hobbs. I was like, "Hobbs, it's time for another interview. My book's out. We got to do it. Let's schedule a time." Like you just got to be really assertive about that stuff, you know, and, and take part. You can't not, it's very difficult to succeed if you're not a member of the community. And it's just like any kind of niche or field or whatever. Well, I remember when I started blogging also, what, 10, 11 years ago and the advice given back then, which is still valid, uh, although it, it maybe it expands a bit was if you want to be successful in blogging, you have to participate on other people's blogs and forums because you can't just be a voice talking yeah. at people. Yeah. You yeah. have to be a voice that also responds to people. And, uh, you know, here I am. What, 10 years later, I got a blog. Oh, yeah, podcast. this is this is part of my life. Earlier this month on my blog, I did a thing about GNS, and I was finding comments I made on Usenet back in, you know, 95, 97. Wow. Like, you know, because, like, I, this has been what I've been doing for my whole life. It's right. gaming and role-playing and all that stuff, and, you know, it's just what's important to me. Well, this has been fun as always, Courtney. Yeah, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And thanks for everybody yeah. listening. My my book is out. You can buy it right now in PDF. There's a basic D&D &D version, a 5e version, and print should be coming sometime in the next 14 days. I'm waiting for them to print and ship so I can approve those proofs. On Downtime and Dementes, it's on Drive-Thru RPG. I will include a link in the show notes. I don't know who the fuck actually goes to show notes, but it will be in the show notes if you want to see it. And the damn dog knows I'm wrapping up. I don't have no fucking clue why. He knows the words. Thanks for your yes. time, Mark. Well, th thank you so much, Courtney. Folks, as always, be safe, be well. God bless. Roll those dice. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, later, later, folks. <laughs>